Next on BYU Sports Nation, Notre Dame versus BYU, a case study in scheduling up. How does it help BYU to follow the Fighting Irish model? We'll hear from Notre Dame beat writer Eric Hansen. What does he think of a tough rundown year in and year out? Is it worth it? Plus, fresh off anchoring a team that broke a 44-year-old school record, BYUSN fan favorite Shaquille Walker back in studio. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Michael Elisa. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, Tuesday, June 2nd, wherever and however you may have chosen to dial in. Always great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up. For a second day in a row with the man who represents the Hawaiian Islands, Michael Always. Lisa. Always. Thanks, Mom, for the shirt, by the way. I'm sitting <laughs> in the best seat in the house. I get to sit with my man, Spencer Linton. Wow. I mean, your seat's pretty cool, very, too, I guess. This is a very different feel than when I co-host with, with Brian Logan or Jerem Jordan. They're, <laughs> well, not, they're not as accepting. The I, I'm very happy today. Thank it's you. It's just a good day. Well, that shirt, happy to be with that you, shirt is uh, showing that for sure. I was going to say nice I'm shirt. I'm feeling the aloha spirit. You know what that is? I do know what that is. Did your mom really send you that shirt? She really did. And it's quickly wow, become thanks, mom, my favorite shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Our conversation alive 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and be a part of BYU Sports Nation members welcome. What do you think about Michael Elisa's shirt? Send in your tweets. <laughs> also answer the Twitter question. How does a tougher schedule help BYU as an independent? Does it help BYU as an independent? Maybe you think it doesn't. Yeah. Send in your tweets Let using the hashtag BYUSN at WAP17. You want to do it, Michael? R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Nice. Respect. You have a harder schedule, you gain respect. But you have to win games, right? You have to win games within that tougher schedule. Obviously, you want to win games, but having a harder schedule year in I'm, I'm assuming this is what this man is saying. Having a harder schedule year in and year out you're going to eventually gain respect nationwide. The chance is there for more respect because you play more games where you can earn it. Yeah. It's simple math. At Lasersheep says they will be compared to Notre Dame with a strong schedule, and that is what the Cougs need to be a national name. I already think BYU has a national brand. We're talking about getting to the next level, and guess what? Athletic Director Tom Holmo knows what he's doing. Here are your BYU Sports Nation headlines. What else is going on today? Tyler Haas continued his bevy of workouts with the NBA. You like how he's bevy for a second day in a row? Good You're word. welcome, Ben Bagley. Keep using it. With the Jazz yesterday, his third workout in a week with an NBA team, a Jazz VP said the following. He's not concerned with Tyler's range, but if he can defend NBA shooting guards, the lateral quickness and the athleticism involved in that. And that's no news. Okay, that... That Tyler knows that he's working on that. Can he find his way onto a roster after proving that he can defend NBA shooting guards? Did you hear about BYUCLA, Michael? No, what's up? Under the lights at the Rose Bowl. Oh, baby. On September 19th, a 10.30 p.m. Eastern time start. Sorry for our East Coasters. 8.30 Mountain Time, Utah. 7.30 local time, Pacific time zone at the Rose Bowl. The game will be broadcast on Fox Sports 1. And guess what? We've never played there at nighttime. Under the lights. Have all of the games been in the day? Been in the day. Interesting. Yeah. So this will be a new experience for Cougar fans. The Rose Bowl is amazing. Under the lights, we'll take it to the next level. The Field Steel All Independent teams were announced yesterday. 18 different BYU players on the first or second 
teams of offense, defense, and special teams. On that note, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU versus Notre Dame, let's do this. Okay, no, not an actual game. But the comparisons within the status of independence certainly ring true. As we just mentioned, college football insider and the preseason magazine superstar Phil Steele released his all-independent teams, 18 BYU Cougars on the first and second team offenses, defenses, and special teams. There are 25 members of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish on those same teams. Now, Michael thinks there should have been more love for BYU. Why the beef, Uh, dude? Okay. This is hogwash. Straight up grade A baloney. <laughs> 18 Gackerman quotes. If you have some ch- if you have a chance today, go look at that list. But out of many names, there's one guy that has to be on there. Who? Kinda cool. Why? You kidding me? Okay, I know. Kai can start, play. I, I looked at the two stars that are on the first team. He's not even on the second team. Okay. The two stars on the first team don't even have interceptions. One's from Marbury, one's from Notre Dame. I think Kai Nakua is better than both of them. Barring Taysom Hill and Mitch Matthews, Kai Nakua is the best athlete wow. on the BYU squad. You like Kai that much? I like okay. Kai a lot. Hey, mark it down, Phil Steele. Kai Nakua belongs on that list. Yeah, watch out. Okay, now, <laughs> this is an interesting list because there are only three independent teams in all of college football. So that's why the numbers are so high, obviously. Okay, we're not going to throw a preseason party for those accolades. But one of those teams is one of the most celebrated college football programs in the entire country. That is Notre Dame. But why, Michael, is Notre Dame the model for national respect? Glory, the team that NBC wants a lucrative television deal with. What do they do? Well, they got a lot of national championships under the belt. Okay. Heisman trophies. Okay. Uh, BYU has both of those. They got Rudy. Not multiple. Okay, well, then you got me there. You got me there. There's no Rudy for BYU, yeah. okay? <laughs> there's, no, there's no comeback Ziggy, for that. Ziggy would be our, our Rudy. And, you know, their Rudy didn't go to the NFL. We're waiting Ours for ESPN 30 for 30. Overall, so. Yeah, ESPN 30 for 30 to do the Ziggy on the story. <laughs> okay, now in all seriousness, the religious ties with the Catholic Church make Notre Dame a worldwide brand. Right, right. That, that, that factors in majorly. You mentioned the Heisman trophies and the national championships, and the history is there, the four horsemen. Yeah. Okay, Rudy, we laugh, but that honestly adds to the luster. <laughs> okay, the one thing, however, we see year in and year out, the national brand stays relevant at Notre Dame because of the way they schedule. And that is a schedule that NBC wants. You better believe it. They're making a ton of money off of that. So let's have some fun comparing BYU's 2015 schedule, which we have marked as probably the hardest in school history, to Notre Dame's, specifically the prime five games. Listen to the five prime games we have focused in on for Notre Dame. Texas to open the season. They play at Georgia Tech, at Clemson, USC at home, at Stanford. Holy cow. That is certainly no cakewalk for the Irish. And that's a normal season for them. That's the thing. Year in and year out, they have schedules like that. So, impressive stuff. All right, BYU. Well documented on this show, BYU at Nebraska, Boise at UCLA, at Michigan, and then Missouri neutral, but really it's, it's a road game. It's a de facto road game. Okay, so when you look at the prime five, basically a wash, in my opinion. And, and not just there, but throughout the entire schedule. Seriously, you can make an argument for either side on who has the tougher schedule. BYU plays more of their games early in the season. They're compact. It's on the road. And so Notre Dame has the advantage of 
spacing out the prime games, but still, like, it is loaded. BYU September is ridiculous, but they didn't really have an option. It's a process when you're still relatively new to independence. You know, Michael, you've had discussions with your teammates and with the athletic director, Tom Homo. Beggars can't be choosers, right? Beggars can't be choosers. You've got to take what you can get. Listen. And now's the time to prove yourself. And Tom Homo mentioned that specifically on a, to us in Studio B. Like I've said in years past, as we do these independent schedules, you beggars can't be choosers. If you want to get a chance to play the teams that we're playing, you cannot slot them into every third or fourth game. You take them when you can get them. The Cougars and Tom Homo have worked very hard. I mean, talk about respect for an athletic director. He has brought it, creating a true Power 5 equivalent schedule. Okay, well, you got it, BYU. And similar, if not tougher, schedules every year hereafter. You think 2015's tougher? Look at the 2016 schedule on fbschedules.com. It is loaded. So, Michael, it's here. How does this help BYU? Does it help them? Look, I've been one of those guys that was kind of a fence sitter, wasn't sure if, you know, do we play down? Do we, do we keep scheduling hard schedules like this? And then you look at Notre Dame, you see what they're doing, you see how they, you know, achieve that, that national uh, prestige that, that they have. Okay. And the only way to do it is by doing exactly what Tom Holmes has been doing. Put hard teams on your schedule and let the nation see these guys can hang with the big boys. High risk. High reward Yep. compared to the Boise State model, which we have also mentioned a number of times where it's like you play one or two powerhouses, then some other pretty good teams com- compacted in there with, you know, a bunch of mid-tier to low- lower-tier teams. BYU kind of had that model last year. Yeah. You, you yeah. had that model last yep. year. You yep. had a couple of big-time games, and then the rest were kind of like, oh, you should probably win these games. Some, some gimmies. You should right. probably win those games. Mm-hmm. Taysom Hill goes down, the rest of history, we know. The pain is real. But this year, BYU has moved from that more Boise State model to straight-up Notre Dame. Power fight equivalent, bring on the big boys. Okay, so what better case study than Notre Dame over the last 10 years to look at and really break down? And that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Notre Dame has averaged an 8-5 and five record over the past 10 <gasps> years. Interesting. Eight wins and five losses. That N- number sounds familiar for some <laughs> strange reason. <laughs> uh, They're doing it against it. really tough schedules. Yeah. And so we go back to our discussion yesterday, my friend. Managing expectations, especially now for BYU. This is vital to your happiness as a now, fan. Now, this does not mean do not hope for the best. No, hope for 13-0. for national yes, championship. prepare for 13-0. And prepare for it. But just give yourself a little Unders- push, a little safety net. Understand that there will be peaks and valleys. Yeah. Okay, Notre Dame again, the prime example. Within those 10 years that we researched there is a record of 12-1. and one. They lost the national championship game. You're the BYU should have beat them. Cody Hoffman wide no. open. Oh, okay. <laughs> they went to the national championship, got rolled by Alabama, but still 12-1. and one. They played a tough schedule and earned their way there. But there is also a 3-9 and nine record in 2007. That is the risk you run when you have turnover in college football and you lose good players and you come back, you say you're young, you got a new coach, for whatever reason you're facing an impossible schedule, 3-9 and nine is a possibility. 
So you'll have peaks and valleys, but the average eight and five. So again, Michael, is this a good thing for BYU? You know what? It's good. They're gonna. He's got to bear with us. There's gonna be. There's probably gonna this season. Very well. In all honesty, Spencer, this season could very well be one of those three and nine seasons. Who knows? I I don't think it will. But for some like some weird things could happen, injuries, whatever. This could be a bad season. But you have to run the risk if you want national spotlight. You have to run the risk if you want respect. Exactly. I will take the high risk, high reward route every time. Yeah. I am 100% in agreement with what BYU's football program is trying to do, and that is scheduling up and having more opportunity to earn national respect. But there is an understanding, and nobody knows it better than Bronco, Mendenhall, and Tom Homo. There is, there is the risk, and it might backfire occasionally. But if you can go 8-5 and five over 10 years against these type of schedules, why not? Why You're, you're probably going to get noticed like Notre Dame, right? And I don't want to get on to recruiting too much right now, too, but players want to play for teams that play big games. Out of high school, you want to be on the national spotlight. It's a factor. It's so a factor. So you keep schedules like this, we'll continue to get good athletes well, here. You can, people say, well, what about Notre Dame has a better recruiting pool? They deal with a lot of the same issues that BYU does in recruiting. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to go to South Bend for that winter when they can go to luxurious resort towns in L.A., in Miami, whatever. And okay? you know and, what? And it's like working out. It's, it, if you accustom your players and your coaches to playing big games constantly mm-hmm. year in and year out, you just get better at them. You will get better at playing those big games, and you're going to win some. And then the rewards will come. Yep. Hopefully, BYU earns a big-time reward to open the season on September 5th. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 95 days. You go the base there? 95 days. Very good. Okay, you went an octave lower than me. You know, I'm going (laughs) to. I'm just going to stop singing altogether. Just, you know what? The Hawaiian shirt is, I'll forgive you yeah. for that because you're wearing a Hawaiian I, shirt. I saw it pitch perfect cool. this weekend. You think it would have helped me out. How does a tougher schedule help BYU as an independent? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Elko Cougar. It gives the Cougs a chance to make a national splash and gives fans something to get up for even after a few losses. I can't, oh man, this is a brilliant tweet, Okay. Because there is context to the end of the season when you have tougher games. Even after BYU's crazy September, they still have on the schedule Cincinnati at home, Missouri at Arrowhead Stadium, and Utah State to close out the season. Way different than last season. Okay, There is context late because there are still big-time games to be played. I love that. Practices are going to stay intense because you got big games to prepare for as a player. Yeah. I mean, you would know that compare Cal to preparing for Savannah State. Okay? (laughs) It's it's a difference. It's all about respect. Up next, Eric Hansen, Notre Dame beat writer for the South Bend Tribune, tells us why Notre Dame continues to schedule up. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Follow us on the Twitter machine at BYU Sports Nation. Join us by using the hashtag BYUSN. Wednesday, June 24th, BYU Football Media Day. There will be classic games intertwined between a bunch of awesome live programming starting at 11 a.m. Eastern with State of the Program. Bronco Mendenhall and Tom Holmo discuss the 2015 schedule. What lies ahead for BYU football, not only this year, but in years after that. The direction they want to move, not going to want to miss that. Following that State of the Program, a two-hour BYU Sports Nation special 
from 12 to 2 Eastern. Jerem Jordan and myself will break down everything on Media Day and have uh, an A-list guest list. Then four decades of dominance at 4 p.m. Eastern, 2 Mountain Time. What has BYU football done in the last 40 years? Yeah, if you're a fan, you know, and you're not going to want to miss that program. So, Michael, please tell me on June 24th, you have no plans other than to indulge in BYU football media. I'm going to try to sneak in here. Okay, maybe not. But if I can't get in here, I'm bringing a football. I'm bringing a jersey. I want to get this stuff signed (laughs) by some of these legends. That would be so cool. Yes. Let the fanboy come out, Michael. Let it come out, man. (laughs) Our Twitter question today. How does a tougher schedule help BYU as an independent? Great tweets coming in. At Farmer Jensen says... Yeah, it helps, provided we can get Texas-like signature wins. Well, if you play more Texas-like teams, you have more opportunities to get those wins. Again, the risk-reward, but it's okay as long as you manage expectations. That's really hard for some BYU fans to do. And it's, it's, a, it's a thin line. You've got to balance pretty well because, like we say many times, you hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Yeah, that, well, yeah I mean, well, you well, hate to say it that way, but that's... That's reality, right? Yeah. That's, you have to take that into consideration. Now, we're going to talk to a guy who understands the risk award all too well. He is the assistant sports editor of the South Bend Tribune and Notre Dame's beat writer, Eric Hansen, joining BYU Sports Nation. Eric, welcome to the show. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing? We're great. We appreciate you taking some time with us today. BYU is beginning a new venture this year in terms of loading up the schedule that really Notre Dame has been doing for, it seems like, decades. And uh, that is creating very competitive schedules. So with that backdrop, what, what is it that Notre Dame does to, to get through a gauntlet of a schedule year in and year out? How do they manage that? Well, it's difficult. You know, some years I think they'd like to ease into the schedule a little bit more and, and be able to find out a little bit more about their team before they had to play somebody of national stature that was that was really going to expose all their flaws in a maybe painful way. But Notre Dame hasn't been able to do that too much. You know, they had the series with Michigan that was usually either the first or second game of the season for so many years. Um, they opened with Texas this year at home, and I think Texas on the road next year. So there's not a not a real break-in period for them. It, it's just the mentality. I mean, I think the one thing that benefits when you start with a really strong part of your schedule first is that you have the players' attention in August. You have people working hard in the summer, and you have a focus knowing that that first game or the first couple games really is going to determine whether you're in the playoff or, or in past years the BCS or not. Eric Hansen with us of the South Bend Tribune. He is Notre Dame's beat writer. When we look at the kind of schedule that is best for an independent, let's take 2015 Notre Dame, for example. We just went through the prime five games of the Irish, including that Texas game to open up, then at Georgia Tech, at Clemson, USC at home, at Stanford. By no means an easy run through uh, some of the best of college football. What what is best? And in in the teams that you've watched and the schedules that you've watched Notre Dame go through, What's the best model for success? Well, I mean, and we're looking at a different model, though, I think, with the playoff era because the strength of schedule counts, I think, a lot more in this era. Before, if Notre Dame got in the top 14 of the BCS, 
their drawing power would pull them into a pretty good bowl game. Now the the um, selection committee not only assigns the playoff teams, they assign the other New Year's Six Bowls. So Notre Dame's schedule is not only going to have to be good, it's going to have to be good in November. And I think as I look at BYU scheduling as it's, as it's trying to toughen things up, they're front-end loaded. You look at the back end of their schedules, and I think that's where they're going to have difficulty picking up momentum for a playoff spot is, is who they're playing in November. The ACC has been pretty flexible, this new ACC plan in terms of dates and so forth. But it, it's difficult to get teams other than the ACC teams to play you um, at a conference in November. Some teams will do it. Certainly USC and Stanford do it for Notre Dame, and, and there's been some others. But it's typical Big Ten doesn't like to play you in November, and some of the other conferences don't like to go that direction either. Eric, do you think that uh, could a team schedule – you know, a, a, a list of teams, competition they're going to play against that's too difficult? You know, where, where do you draw the line? Well, I think you can. You have to have some balance. And I think just the nature of Notre Dame being a seven and five team, seven home games and five away teams, you're going to have at least one team and maybe two where you have them at home and you don't have to return the trip. And usually those teams aren't you know, the world-beater teams. Every once in a while, somebody will have a strong year. I know BYU looks like they're operating on a 6-6 six and six model. Um, but, yeah, the, the other thing is styles. I mean, people can look at um, Navy and say, well, they're not really a very good team. They're not a national power. But they're tucked between this year Clemson and USC, which are nothing like Navy. And, and to prepare for that triple option, they'll have to do it twice this year because they play Georgia Tech, too, is, is a real pain in the butt. Notre Dame, has, <laughs> um, <laughs> Notre Dame has a bad history. They've beaten Navy quite often, but usually the week after they have problems um, getting back to playing a conventional offense. So, so there's some tricks in terms of style. It's not just... You know who you're playing. It's it's the style of the team that you're playing and where they're placed on the schedule. Using bye weeks, all those things are really important in terms of scheduling. I just had a conversation with Notre Dame's athletic director about scheduling uh, last week, and we talked about did, did the playoff, you know, implications. Did that really change what you're doing in terms of scheduling? He said no because we knew we needed to get some SEC series, and they do have a couple scheduled coming up later in, in this decade with Georgia and Texas A&M. They have a home-and-home home with each of those. So they they kind of realized going in that they were going to have to be, be diverse enough, maybe not in a one-year period, but in a two-year period, to try to hit all the major conferences. Yeah, Jack Swarbrick definitely has his hands full and has done a fantastic job, clearly, uh, managing the schedules at Notre Dame. And perhaps was granted uh, a favorable situation when the ACC said, hey, we want to have five games with you each year. Now, BYU would obviously be open to an agreement with the P5 conference like the one that Notre Dame has with the ACC. But how specifically does that tie-in with the Atlantic Coast Conference help Notre Dame, even though you lose annual games like Michigan and Michigan State? 
Um, well, I think it, it – well, I mean, they did it so that they could get into the ACC and basketball and the other sports. They needed to have somewhere for those sports to go when the, when the Big East was collapsing. And so they entered this, this deal, and I think they average five games a year. The ACC is pretty flexible with them. There's a couple of years they play four, a couple of years they play six. This is one of the years that they play six. It, and the thought was the ACC was going to be strong and maybe get stronger, and that will help your schedule. I've talked to some bowl reps who think that there are going to be years where this hurts Notre Dame, where they're going to have too many um, NC States and Dukes on the schedule and not enough Florida States and Clemsons. Um, and, and Notre Dame has to be cognizant of that in those years, that they better have Georgia that year, they better have Texas A&M that year to maybe balance that. But you get five power five teams with that with that uh, arrangement, and that those are games that are scheduled way out until 2025. They've got Notre Dame knows who they're playing, what dates they're playing, home or away. So that's something that they know is there. They can count on and they can work around, and they do get some variety in that. You know, you're not playing the same ACC teams every year. So I think. That's a positive, and it's in part of the country that where they want to recruit. So, so that's a positive for Notre Dame as well. Yeah, absolutely, Eric. How do the Irish fans react to the schedule? You know, what's the what's the fans' expectations year in and year out? <laughs> you know, you would think it would be uh, different. Like when they see UMass, they groan. You know, they're not. <laughs> um, they don't want that. You know, when I grew up, I was uh, grew up in Ohio, and we used to go to Ohio State games, and we kind of loved the bloodbath non-conference games. That was part of part of the culture. And then you'd have some uh, close games, maybe in your conference with Michigan, and maybe one or two of the other teams. But uh, Notre Dame fans want a killer schedule. They don't care what it does to their team. They don't want to go to the UMass game. They don't want to, you know. If Temple plays at Notre Dame, they don't really get too jazzed about that. They don't didn't like when San Diego State came. That wasn't a popular game for them. weren't crazy about Nevada, but a team like BYU they respect. You know they like BYU because BYU has done some things nationally. They're always a pretty good team. I don't know when the last time they had a losing record. Um, so it's kind of funny how they. They go with this, but it's kind of an elitist attitude. They don't want, um, they don't like the cupcakes on the schedule. You got to go back to 2004 for the last time BYU did have a losing schedule, and you already answered my next question, which was how how do the fans view BYU? And you know, all the BYU fans would love nothing more than to have a team like Notre Dame, who is a fellow independent and some a model that BYU fans you know, respect and want to follow. In your opinion, what are the chances that BYU and Notre Dame fulfill at least a measure of the remaining agreement that they set up back in 2011 and we see another game in the near future? Yeah, I don't know that that's realistic just because of the playoff era and the pressure being on Notre Dame to get out and to get into the Big 12 and the SEC. You know, they've they've had a cutback on Big 10 games. And so they're really have, and they want to preserve their rivalries against USC, Stanford, and Navy. Especially, they like to have, they like to finish the season in California on the road, either Stanford or USC. And the team that they don't play at the end of the season, the other California team comes to Notre Dame in October. So they've got a nice 
rhythm there, and it doesn't leave a lot of spots left to get some variety. I think the worry is with scheduling BYU is where is that program going? Is independence going to tamp it down in terms of its prowess? Are they going to find a way to make this work and be as good as they always have? And I'm kind of curious, too. You know, For someone that doesn't study them a lot, I think they would be a good addition to either the Big 12 or the Pac-12. I, I realize the TV numbers aren't there, but it's a broad-based program that seems to be good in just about every sport and um, has some kind of following. But I don't know the whole politics of what's going on there, but I would think BYU would want to get in a conference at some point. Uh, but but I don't I don't know a lot about what their intentions are right now, especially if they want to get into the playoff. Yeah, well, without a doubt, I can tell you they want to be in a Power 5 conference uh, 100%. And, you know, it's my opinion, but I, I feel like they are scheduling up and trying to follow the Notre Dame model so that they can get noticed more and be in the prime spotlight. And if they win some more games, maybe they do become more attractive to a Power 5 conference. But uh, for now, it's independence. I want to finish with this. It would clearly help BYU to have a series with Notre Dame. But would it help Notre Dame in their pursuit of the college football playoff year in and year out? See, that's where I think they kind of, the the two things, the ACC agreement and Notre Dame trying to get some variety in their schedule makes it more difficult to make the BYU thing happen. If you could say, if you could guarantee Jack Swarbrick, BYU is going to be 10-2 and two in those seasons, you know, that they're going to be some a, an opponent that the college football playoff committee is going to look at as a power five team, then I think Notre Dame would do that. But I don't know that there's that guarantee. And again, we don't know where this independent experience is going to go with BYU. Is it going to, is it going to make them a worse football program or is it going to make them better? Are they going to stay about the same? Again, as I look at their future schedules, you know, my concern with them trying to get in the playoff again is those Novembers. They, they are front-end loaded. They've got some really good opponents in September and some in October, but there's not a lot of really competitive teams in November that are going to help their status with the playoffs. I just, you know, and again, if you lose the coach that you have now and bring somebody else in down the road, are they going to be as successful? I think those are questions that Jack Swarbrick answers, and he says, man, I've got to get five ACC, two Pac-12 teams in every year, so that's seven, uh, and then I need some variety. You know, I'm going to play Navy, that's eight. Um, and then the other four teams, you know, maybe there is a year that BYU fits, but yeah. um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think, again, there's, there's really um, – it's not at the top of his priority list. I know Michigan, getting Michigan back on the schedule, for example, is. It's going to be harder for BYU, too, with those Big Ten teams after 2017. I know, I think I looked at their schedule and they have some uh, series scheduled, but it's going to be harder when the Big Ten goes to nine league games. And if anybody else decides to go to nine league games, that's going to make it harder for both Notre Dame and BYU. Great stuff with Eric Hansen, the Notre Dame beat writer for the South Bend Tribune. Eric, we appreciate the time, and I do want to throw this out there. BYU is trying something new this year, and they do have a game at Arrowhead Stadium on November 14th against Missouri 
out of the SEC. And so this is this is new, and you're right. The recent past has not proven uh, to show that BYU has loaded November schedules, but perhaps this is uh, the Cougars turning the corner, and, and I think you're absolutely right. You have to have loaded Novembers to stay nationally relevant, and uh, Notre Dame and Jack Swarbrick are making that a priority. Great stuff, man. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me on. Take care. All right, now some interesting points brought up there. And this, this is the reality of it all, Michael. BYU and Notre Dame, even though there are four games left on that agreement, there's a chance that it might not happen, a really good chance that it might not happen. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. What I, but what I like, though, is that there's a lot of similarities between the two of us, between our fan bases, what they want for their programs, what we have to do when we're scheduling. You know, we're, we're pretty pretty similar. Can now, you manage? The, can you manage the expectations? They want a national championship every year too. Yeah, just like us. Up next, one of our BYU Sports Nation elite members, Mark McCready from Afghanistan, joins us. Welcome back, my friends, Spencer Linton and Michael Alisa in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes, or if you feel like it, stream it on BYUSportsNation.com. Michael, how do you? Get your fill of BYU Sports Nation, of course, when you're not co-hosting. I listen to this thing on the internet. You listen on the internet? Oh, yeah. I always like to tune in and get my fill. <laughs> <laughs> How many of your teammates were aware of I want to know this. How many of your football teammates were aware of BYU Sports Nation when it was happening? You know, Spencer. I just want to know. Okay. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't know this. Every day after practice. So, so we practice in the morning. Okay. 6 a.m. bright and early. Uh-huh. We get out of practice around 9.30. Everyone's, you know, getting showered up and getting ready for class. And right there on our TVs in the locker room, we have BYU Sports Nation playing, my man. Fist bump that. Yeah. We're all fans. I, I didn't, I mean, I knew you watched sometimes in the locker room. I didn't realize that it was like a daily thing. Oh, yeah. We drink the Kool-Aid, bro. <laughs> we love it. No, we, we love it. And, and, and we like to hear about what, what the latest is with the other athletes around BYU. So it's, it's fun. That's hilarious. Shout out to Mitch Matthews if he's watching, by the way. Elite. <laughs> 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 Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. But before we do that, remind you to get your BYU Sports Nation swag. Spuddy Buddy up here is wearing the BYU Sports Nation blue goggles. We have T-shirts that are elite with blue goggles on the back. You can get those as well. Just search BYUSN at the BYU store, your home for authentic BYU products. Now to the headlines. Now to the headlines. Tyler Haas worked out with the Utah Jazz yesterday, his third workout in a week with an NBA team. A Jazz VP said he's not concerned with Tyler's range and ability to shoot the ball, but if, if he can defend NBA shooting guards, again, not new. Tyler knows it, but what can he do to prove the doubters wrong? It'll be interesting to see. Let's go, Tyler. BYU and UCLA, Michael. How about that under the lights at the Rose Bowl? Oh, baby. That's going to be sweet. You going? You going to be there? Yeah, I'll be there. You going? I, I hope I am. I'll have to, I'll to talk to my <laughs> boss about that to confirm that one. Game will be on Fox Sports 1. 10.30 Eastern, 8.30 Mountain Time. Uh, again, you can watch that national audience, Fox Sports 1. The Field Steel, all independent teams announced yesterday. 18 different BYU players on the first or second teams. Michael says there should have been 19. Hashtag kind of Come cool. on, guys. <laughs> Don't forget Kai. <laughs> I mean, he won the dance competition last year. Get him in the top 18. Does that, does that make you deserve a spot on the All-Indy team? You I mean, at least shows contest? your athleticism. Do you see that back? That's though? true. That's true. Very true. Yeah. Joining us now, one of our elite BYU Sports Nation members, Mark McGrady. Mark, welcome to Studio B, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks now, for, for, for those that aren't familiar with, with what Mark did or who he is, he tweeted into the show from Afghanistan. 
And we were like, holy cow, that is awesome that somebody <laughs> is watching our product in Studio B in Afghanistan. How did you discover BYU Sports Nation while you were busy at work over there? Um, well, yeah, I was off, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't working. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I've been a diehard fan my whole life. And so uh, I eat, drink, drink, and sleep BYU football and basketball and sports and stuff. So um really kind of found out about, about the show via Twitter. Okay. And uh was kind of new to Twitter, but um, it, it was great because it, getting the information out um, about BYU sports is really kind of a, a challenge in that environment and everything. So, um, thank you know, thanks to the, the miracle of the internet and and uh, all that kind of stuff, um, really able to kind of follow the show either watching it streaming live or um, via Twitter. So that's pretty much how I found found the show. You mentioned earlier that you were you would watch games because of the time difference before on Sunday morning, right? Before going to church, yeah, don't spread that around. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong hey. with that. Hey, it's BYU. What, what what was like one of your most memorable games this season? Oh, the Texas game, without a doubt. Okay, watching watching Taysom Hill hurdle uh, the defense going into the end zone. I, I I came out of my chair. I was and I'm watching it with a bunch of UT fans made it all the more sweet. <laughs> And they were just nice. like, oh, my gosh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Not again. Yeah, yeah, again. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. Well, we think it's pretty awesome what you're doing uh, for us over there and, and being in a very, you know, dangerous situation, but uh, the work you put in there. And so we, yeah, we can't thank you enough, um, especially with uh, Memorial Day having just passed. Um, and uh, what little we can do, we, we would like to, to share some of that with you. And so we have a swag bag. I know you won some already from a Twitter contest, but we're, we're going to give you some more for, oh, uh, wow. for making Studio awesome. B a stop. Is that, is that okay yeah, with you? Yeah, this is amazing. This place is incredible. I absolutely enjoy it. Okay, so we're breaking out the swag bag. Pass that down to Mark. His wife, uh, Janice, is also in studio with us. Um, it's not this every day awesome we get to, uh, yeah. to connect sure. with uh, – Guys that uh, are in Afghanistan and tuning into the show, and truly, what make BYU unique with its worldwide audience? It really is. It's amazing. So, my friend, thank you for what thank you do you. for us, and uh, great to have you on the show. It's my pleasure. Thank <laughs> you, Mark. Thank you. It's all downhill from here now, right? Yeah, this is the much. pinnacle yeah, moment. This was awesome. Undefeated and seeing you shave your head would be just <laughs> the greatest thing ever. I second that. Yeah, I right thought that. that people forgot about oh, no. that. No. Uh-uh. Uh, I'll be right there with you. <laughs> you had to put that out there. Yeah. Mark, great to have you in the studio. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Yep. Our Twitter question, how does a tougher schedule help BYU football as an independent Michael Elisa says, well, it's risk-reward, and with the reward, it brings greater national respect. I agree with them 100%. After Dr. Steve Best says, tougher teams equal more visibility and street cred to go with it. Tougher teams make BYU's schedule look more like P5 than G5. I like the street cred. It is, though, right? It really is, Absolutely. Shaq Walker up next. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. I am Spencer Linton, and to my left is Michael Alisa, who has now taken his fashion game to the next level. He is donning the one and only BYU track official hat straight out of 1985-ish and has the baton in his hands. (laughs) That was a baton I thought your shirt was cool, man. Like that hat. This is just Nobody too much else going has on this here. hat. This is too much going on. Can I keep this? No, <laughs> no you can't. It's, for, for it's one set. of my favorite bits of 
fodder or whatever, not fodder, but uh, just one of my favorite bits on the, on the set. Yes, memorabilia would be the right word. Thank you, How Ben Bagley. Get that? Did you steal that from a judge? Shaq delivered it to us. Oh. Shaq, our next guest, Shaq Walker, back in Studio B of BYU Track and Field, fresh off of setting a new school record. We'll get to that in a bit. But, hey, uh, I, I do... I do want to bring up something, Shaq. I wasn't here the last time you were in studio. Oh. Oh, and I got dragged <laughs> under the bus. <laughs> no, I didn't even say that. What they, they made that up. I didn't say anything. I, it is I don't even video. know what's going on, but I I'm assuming it's it. about Spencer's speed. Yep. Yes. No, that's okay. what it was about. Sorry. What you want to Sorry, five, five, seven? Oh, wow. Oh, okay. No, just hey, I want you to know. Gloves uh, come off. The gloves officially, are off. it was a 5-1-6. Oh. Into the wind. Oh. That's hand Into time. the wind. Oh. Laser. On aerated grass. Oh. Yeah, like five tenths. With probably, big, lunky shorts oh, on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot the shorts. Sure, that was a four nine at least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, the snark is amazing. Hey, it's great to have you here, Shaq. Good to be here. It's good I thought to you were my coach, man. I know. I uh, I was. I, I did my time. I did my timing wrong. Shay was there though. Shay was there, right? No, Shay didn't show up either. I was doomed from the get go. Oh, that's I didn't what it have was. You or Shay? That's what Michael. We're, I'm yeah, not where fast. are you, Michael? I'm not fast. Yeah, you are. Heck, I'm man. like on a four nine easy. I think I run my fastest when I have a football in my hand. On a track, I slow down. How many guys my age are running an unofficial five one six? No, Shaq, one. you're right? one of the best yeah. in the world, man. Totally. <laughs> okay, let's get down to business. Okay, you just broke a 44 year old school record with three of your teammates, and I'm not, not just broke it. I mean, you destroyed it yeah. by almost four seconds oh. in the four by four hundred. Uh, walk us through that race. What was going on, man? What went so well? I don't know. That track is, like, magical for us. That's the second time. Every time we have a relay on that track, it seems like we just run out of our minds and get a school record. And so, I don't know. I knew right from the start Mario Harper was the leadoff. And I was, I was kind of watching the clock. And I was like, all right. You know, trying to convince myself that we're going to do okay. And he splits a 46-5 out of the blocks and hands off first. Anytime you do that. You're, you're going to be good. And then Sean Adams runs 45-9. Um, Jesse White was 45-8 or 45-7. And then they just gave me the baton in great position. Um, I just got to sit behind the guys. They broke all the wind because they were huge, and I'm this little guy. Um, yeah, and it was just, I mean, it was, it was just an, a magical race. It was like the perfect day, the perfect race. Everything just went great, and it was super fun. When, when, now, when you got the baton, mm-hmm. were you thinking, oh, my gosh, I better not mess this up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like, usually, it, I, I don't know, it's weird. Like, usually I'm like, okay, if I get it in, like, let's say fifth, then it's like I just got to get to third. And it's not like, oh, I can't mess up. It's like, the pressure's gone. But when you get it in third and the top three go to nationals, you're like, all that can happen is I can mess this up, like you said. And so I, there were only three teams in the race, and so I was feeling okay. I was like, okay, the fourth place guy is way back. But then the next thing you know, he was on my heels. I was like, there's four of us now. And I had a moment of, like, my teammates are going to hate me. <laughs> but then, I don't know, I felt okay and just challenged for the win, and it worked out. So, When did you realize, I mean, did you realize you were running a lightning pace when you were during the anchor leg? Or what happened when you're like, oh, my gosh, we just set a new school record? So, uh, so I promised myself I would never celebrate after a race. I've never done it before. I've never, like, thrown up a hand or, like, pumped a fist or anything. I just never have done that. I just, I don't know. I just didn't feel like that was me. Classy. I crossed the finish line, though, and I saw the clock, 3.03, and I couldn't even help myself. I just held up the baton, and I was like, oh, what am I doing? This is probably <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, I was, I was so pumped up because we didn't know we were going to run that time. We thought, okay, on a great day, we can go 3.04, and, you know, we'll be, that'll be nice, but... 303, I don't 
I had no idea what pace I was running. I had no idea what Sean or Jesse were running. And it, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. We were just so hype after the race. Understandable. If, if, if holding yeah. up a baton is, you know, extreme <laughs> celebration to you, Mendenhall would love you. Coach Mendenhall, you'd be his favorite player. Now, my, my question is, can this team win a national championship in the 4x4? Four four? You know what? I, I say why not. Like, the, the, the number one time in the nation right now is 301. That's Florida. And they have, you know, three guys on their team that have run 44 in the open. So if you look at it that way, you're like, oh, this is impossible. But seriously, after this 303, nothing's impossible. Every time we've run a 4x4 this year, we've won. We've won our heat, except for once. Every time we run our A squad, how about that? We've won. You've won. We've won every time. And so I don't know what we can do. You know, I think we can just run with, it, with anyone. We just forget about what kind of splits we're running. We forget about how good am I looking right now. We just work as a team, and we just say, okay, i got to get – Jesse in good position. I got to get Sean or Mario's got to get us in good position. We just worry about that. It just works out every time. And so why not? Yeah, I think we can challenge for a national championship. I I love the only thing going through your mind while you were running with the baton in your hand was I got to do it for the team. Yeah. I'm going to let down my guys. (laughs) They're going to hate me if I mess this up. I thought all negative. It's a magical track. Hate me. I don't know if the magical track would help Spencer, by the way. But. Oh, yeah. so you had to throw that That's in the middle. No. I give him four nine nine on that track. Right, it's, it's a quick four, one. Right, gotta, okay. Let's go do it, man. No. Let's go do Wild it. To Texas, and then we'll go. take the unofficial time. Now, technically, this is supposed to be the year, Shaq, that you're slow because you're coming off of uh, mm-hmm. a two year LDS mission. What's what's the ceiling for you if this is your slow year? I don't know. I don't know. Every time I think about it, you know. I think about my dream. Like, that's my dream, you know, having the 4x4 four four run 303. That must be an amazing feeling. And then it happens. And, I, and then I always remember, you know, that when I talk to people after the race, like Flow Track or whoever it is, like, how are you doing this? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We're just running and it's just working out. <laughs> the times are just fast. We don't really know why. I, I just put it down to blessings from God, honestly. That's, that's the only thing it can be. Like, you don't come back from a mission and then run, you know, like that. And so it's got to be... Just those blessings. Um, that's it. I'm just, that's what it's got to be. Blessings. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag, Hashtag blessed. blessed. Hashtag I'm too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> Way up, I feel blessed. Now, feel you need blessed. to raise the baton in celebratory fashion right here for a successful interview. Yes. Well, not too much oh. now. Oh, just hold up like that. I don't that's want to be good. prideful. Yeah, we don't want to get too <laughs> crazy <laughs> with the baton here. here. <laughs> I love it. We, we need you in studio more often, man. Oh, you know, you got to get those 4x4 four four guys there. Okay. They're a hoot. You okay. get Jesse, Sean, and Mario in here. Out of control? Out of control. We may have to do something new. Yeah, Just we may have, have to like put them all around over here. We've it's like Jesse will crouch down. He'll be happy to do that or something. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be all polite. You've, you have uh, utilized the BYU Sports Nation karma very effectively, and mm. so we're going to give you some more as oh. you head to uh, Nationals. Uh, I believe you run on the, is it the 10th or 11th? Um, the 10th. And then the 12th. 10th and the 12th. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good luck, my friend. Thank you. Well done. Congratulations on all your success. Thanks, guys. Shaq Walker bringing it in Studio B once again. (laughs) See, I told you, man. That's that's an elite interview, isn't it? That was an elite that's interview. Elite hashtag elite. Interview. Hashtag, hashtag elite. 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 <laughs> hashtag blessed. I'm too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> Up next. I don't know if it'll be as entertaining as what we just experienced right now. But the Cougar Whip Round is still loaded. This is BYU Sports Nation. Hey, Michael. Nice shirt. Hey, what? Thanks. Put up, put the hat back on. Yeah, that's why. Put it back on. Raise that baton up now. <laughs> <laughs>
BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. You do the honors, Michael? Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. I need Football. more energy, Michael. More energy. The game time and TV plans for the BYU-UCLA game are all set for Saturday, September 19th. Spencer and I are going to try to go. Spencer needs to talk to his boss. I need to talk to my bank account. The Cougars will play the Bruins at 10.30 Eastern time, 8.30 Mountain West time. Under the lights at the Rose Bowl. Did I say Mountain West? The game will be broadcast on Fox Sports. One. Also, the Phil Still All Independent teams were announced yesterday. 18 different BYU players on the first or second Don't team. Don't get me started on that one. Should've Men's been nice. basketball. BYU's all-time leading scorer, Tyler Hawes, continues his path to the NBA draft. He worked out with the Utah Jazz yesterday. Has a scheduled workout with the Los Angeles Lakers tomorrow. Brian Logan rejoices somewhere. <laughs> Baseball. Former Cougar and current Nashville Sounds Right fielder Matt Carson went 1-3 and three last night with a home run in a 5-1 to one victory over the Las Vegas 51s. Nice. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. I want to give it to a special fan, not only Mark McGrady for being in studio with us uh, from Afghanistan, but also uh, to a nine-year-old young man named Austin Russell who brought life and energy to those around him. He tragically passed away after an accident last Saturday. But to the Russell family and to Austin, we say thank you for rooting for BYU. BYU Sports Nation is with you. And uh, we continue to have our prayers and thoughts with you. What a great show today. Um, We had a little bit of everything. Great show. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely, man. Thanks for being here one more time. Will you come back and do it again tomorrow? Uh, Sure, why not? Do you really want to do that tomorrow? Oh, I really want to do it, yeah. Are you you sure? Uh, What what shirt are you wearing tomorrow? I haven't decided yet because I used up my favorite shirt today. (laughs) I should have saved it for tomorrow. You so got to come up with something big now. Out. I'll figure that out. Yeah, you 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 reached the pinnacle. You had the track official hat on and the Hawaiian shirt and the baton. Yeah, I need to make a shirt with your face on it. That'd be, <laughs> be the go-to. Please do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Continue to respond to our Twitter question using the hashtag BYUS. And thanks to all of our guests today. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Our show is on demand on BYUTV.org/slash BYUSN. For Michael, I am Spencer. Shout out to 